Hello and welcome to MindQuest. I am your host, Miquel Morales, and this is Mission Control Center. Hello and welcome one more week to Mission Control Center, your one-stop shop for IT careers and recruitment advice. Mission Control Center is brought to you by MindQuest, Europe's new IT recruitment and career service. This week, we're interviewing Lola Coreno, an Israeli-born cybersecurity engineer living in Tokyo and working for IT training and certifications provider INE. An expert pen tester and ethical hacking advocate, Lola's here with us to share some career tips and discuss how a single event changed her life forever and set her on an unexpected professional path. Make sure to visit mindquest.io slash blog for the full interview, where you will also find our latest resources for IT pros. But without further delay, let's welcome Lola. Hi, Lola. Welcome to Mission Control Center, and thank you so much for being here today. You have quite an amazing career story. You set out on a very different career path, and then a major event changed everything. What happened? That's a very long story. My background was not in tech at all. Since I was three years old, I was a classical ballerina. That's what I was said to be my whole life, or so I thought. I was a professional, was dancing in companies. I had all my life centered around classical ballet. That's all I, I knew how to do. And I had a very bad car accident. I was like six months in the hospital, plus two years of rehabilitation just to get back on my two feet. It, it was really bad. I was a passenger uh, in, a, in my co-worker's car, and she bro broke a couple of bones, but she was okay. It was like a frontal impact on my side, and it was not only the physical side. It, it's not good for your mental health. All that your life is about, it ends in a second, you know? After I was kind of recovered, like physically. I really didn't know. That's why I left the U.S. I went to Europe. I spent about a year not doing anything. I mean, I didn't know what to do with my life, you know. Later, I went to Lisbon, and that's where I met my husband and got married, moved to Tokyo. And life here was very different than anything that I was used to. And eventually, I had to get a job. But I didn't know how to do anything else besides ballet. So I got a, like a normal job in a company, like eight to five. But I wasn't happy. Well, we paid, but it wasn't anything that I could just like be ambitious, be competitive, like learn and study about. It was boring. Just like get back from work and just what? Watch TV, go to sleep and repeat the same routine. Didn't make me happy. And then you found tech. Why did you go into IT and pursue a career in cybersecurity? Computers were always a hobby. My father was an engineer, and I had my first computer when I was, like, really little. But it was something that I did when I had time, you know, I was in the computer and everything. And I shared that with my husband. I was like, I feel like I'm a waste. I'm not doing anything. And he said, well, you should, I mean, you're, you're smart. Just do something with a computer. You're, you, you like computers and everything. But, you know, you have that image that, oh, if I am, I don't have a degree in, like, engineering or computer science or something related, you can't do anything. I am in my early 30s, and, I mean, I'm not a kid anymore. I didn't know what to do, so I started researching about maybe get, like, a fast degree, something like that that I could do. And I came across many, like, sources of information, something along the lines that you could actually hack for a living. And I was like, really? Hack for a living? That was very intriguing to me. I was very curious about it. Started researching, 
And that's when I learned about cybersecurity and something got into me that, okay, hacking for a living. So what that cannot be cybersecurity, cannot be only that. I started researching more, more like career options. And yeah, that's how it started. So how did you actually get started in your cybersecurity career? I couldn't think of anything else but that. I still have my full-time job, but I would come back from work and I would be back in the computer. I did that like weekends and talking to people. I met someone that was studying for the EJPT, the E-Learn Security Junior Penetration Testing Certification. And he said, well, there is this platform that you study there and... When you feel ready, you just buy the test and you take it, you can be certified. I was like, and I know I had read about some other certifications, but I didn't feel qualified to take any of that. I was just starting, you know, would study like every day using materials from the cyber mentor. Heath Adams was like my first big source of information. And then I started looking more like a uh, I came into cyber security from Neil Bridges. That was another community that really gave me lots of information. From there, I met many amazing professionals like Philip Wiley, amazing pen tester that right now is a personal friend besides being someone, a colleague in the industry. And yeah, that's how it started. I eventually took the test, the JPT, I passed. Later, I got an internship, being an intern for Neil Bridges for his personal consulting company. I spent some months being his intern, learned a lot of things. I always continued. It was like an everyday thing, like hours studying, weekends. I didn't do anything else, just studies. And the opportunity to work for any was presented to me, and I took it. <laughs> so, What does your current position as a cybersecurity engineer involve? My penetration testing is just a small portion of my current job tasks. I do much more than that. I would say that penetration testing is maybe like 15%, 20% of what I do. And lots of what I do, yes, involves talking not only to coworkers, but talking to clients. If you don't develop how to talk to people, you're behind. So you need to have those soft skills. Are programming skills a must for a successful career in cybersecurity? You don't need to be a developer, you don't need to be a coder, but it helps learning at least to, to understand what's going on on a piece of code, you know? You use Bash, you use PowerShell, you use Python, it's Go, Ruby, some of the languages that we are always using. You don't need to know how to use these languages at a development level, but know what's going on. It helps. I mean, if you come from a development background, it helps. Absolutely. Very helpful. What other advice would you give to people pursuing a server security career? Okay, it's fine. Wonderful. You're focusing on, on all your hacking, your pen testing skills. But know that you need some other skills that go with it. You know, right now, a big part of my routine is learning cloud My job is a lot in the cloud. Of course, I'm still studying pen testing, but... I am studying cloud because I need it for my job. I know the fundamentals, but I still feel that it's not enough. And cloud now, it's a, a crucial skill for all of the cybersecurity world. It doesn't matter what your job is in cyber, you need to know some cloud at some level. 
there's always room for improvement. It doesn't matter if it's someone who is like one year into the industry or 10, 20, they're always learning something new. It doesn't stop. Talk to people. Don't hide behind your computer screen. Network, talk to people. Make sure to have an active LinkedIn profile. Many people think that LinkedIn is only for job hunting. So after they finally find a job, they let their LinkedIn profile die. And that's a big mistake. It's not because you have already a job that you shouldn't be open to opportunities from this job, you know? There's always things to do, not only your full-time job. So keep networking, keep talking to people, go to conferences. If you can't go to a conference, volunteer for them. Volunteering for conferences gives you opportunity to be in contact with wonderful people. Brush your soft skills. And if you're not in the industry yet, you're still hoping to get your first cyber job, finding a mentor is a good idea too. Plenty of people who will be very happy to help you out. Don't be afraid to connect into people. Don't give up. Many times uh, while I was job hunting, I came very close to giving up. But since I had networked so much, I had so many people knowing that I was job hunting. They didn't let me give up. That's another benefit of networking. You know, they have your back, you know. They keep you accountable. They keep you on track. So don't give up. It's hard. You will get many no's for silly reasons. You will get 10, maybe 15, maybe 100 no's. But you will get that yes. So don't give up. Keep on track. Thank you, Lola. Best of luck, and until next time. And now, here's a quick look at what happened in technology this week. For months, we have been talking about how software supply chain attacks are on the rise and the dangerous implications of this trend, best exemplified by notorious hacks like that of Kaseya and SolarWinds. Well, now Palo Alto Network's Unit 42 has identified some of the specific vulnerabilities in cloud infrastructure that make this possible. They did so by conducting a three-day red team exercise together with a large SaaS provider and Palo Alto Networks client. Unit 42 reports that 63% of third-party code contained insecure configurations, making it a perfect target for malicious actors. But it gets worse. A whopping 96% of third-party container applications deployed in the cloud were found to contain previously disclosed vulnerabilities. And moving on to other news. If you're into open source and have proper cybersecurity skills, we have some good news. A new side hustle opportunity might be coming your way. Google has pledged $1 million to the Linux Foundation's Secure Open Source Rewards Program, an initiative that wants to take a different approach to enhancing cybersecurity in the open source community. While existing programs focus on identifying vulnerabilities, the SOS program will focus on embedding security features within the code as part of a sustainable software development lifecycle. You could get as much as $10,000 for boosting the security of critical open source software. And finally... We have all been there. You're looking at the weather forecast for the next few hours on your phone, and even though it calls for sunny weather, you can clearly tell it's actually raining outside. Short-term weather predictions can be tricky, especially when it comes to predicting rainfall. But researchers at DeepMind and the University of Exeter have partnered with London's Met Office to develop an AI-powered forecasting system that could accurately predict if it's going to rain in the next two hours. Besides making our daily lives more convenient, the technology can be extremely beneficial in a future marked by climate change, flash floods, and storms. And that's all for this week. Make sure to follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn at MindQuest Talent and on Twitter at MindQuesting. Thank you for listening and until next time. 